we'd like to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Now, let's get to the show. My name is Grace Mulvey. I'm a comedian, human woman, and lifelong fad dieter. From the moment I walked out of my mother's womb, I've been on a diet. That's 31 years of no carbs, no sugar, and no crack. It's time to say enough already. Now, I'm not saying I'm a nirvana of self-love and acceptance, by the way. But I am saying that I'm no longer willing to spend all of my time, money, and energy on fad diets. And I'm Connor Dowling, writer, filmmaker, and world-class warrior. Years of fitness models, crotch fiends, and get-thin-quick schemes have melted my brain and left me overweight and unimpressed. I've wasted years of my life obsessed with what I eat and how I look. So now, I finally know what's making me feel like crap all these years. Fad diets. We are not health experts. I repeat, we are not health experts. We are just here to talk about and laugh at our experiences of bullshit diets. Disclaimer, please, whatever you do, don't hurt yourself with any of these crazy weight loss topics we discuss in the show. This podcast won't make you thin, but it might make you laugh. Welcome to Fat Camp. WW Weight Watchers, or that it's now known as Wellness That Works. Oh, I've um, heard it's about that, recently actually, been yeah. rebranded mad altogether. But um, yeah, so this is like the first time you're actually like this. I feel yeah. it's mad that you haven't done this one. Now, once again, not saying like, how have you not done it, Connor? How have you Just not done it? Have you seen yourself? <laughs> Have a bit of self-respect, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> For the love of God. Oh, okay. It's wellness that works, Connor. What's Straight after this episode, I'm signing up to my local Zoom-based Weight Watchers class. Oh, I don't know, Connor. Maybe after hearing all the information I have on it, you might want to go. But, you know, it is interesting to me because, you know, listen, we're both fad diet fiends over Totes. the years. That this is like, I mean, as of 2018, Weight Watchers is the biggest dieting program in the world and like I like I, I've never remembered a time where it didn't exist you know what I mean it was always something that was like particularly in Ireland I feel like took yeah. off really really fast like it was just something that was in every household I just grew up just knowing it as you know Weight Watchers was just this thing that like people in my life went to and yeah. then as I grew up I started hearing it more like on TV and in American references and I realized oh this is actually some like massive like I don't know, chain, like worldwide yeah, corporation yeah. at this stage. like. And weirdly, I mean, like growing up, I just felt like it was like Alcoholics Anonymous for mams. Like it was like sure. every mother <laughs> went to this weird, like sort of, I don't know, like they were under a spell or something. Like they were going yeah. to a Scientology meeting or something. Like it was just like a religion. But anyway, listen, we'll we'll go into a little bit of behind the scenes of how um, Weight Watchers was founded. So I am curious how it kind of kicked off, you know? Well, Funny enough, it started with one woman. And this is like where I find, because I would have thought it was like, I don't know, a group of doctor scientists in Area 51 came up with this weight loss program. But no, it was actually one housewife. So Weight Watchers was founded in 1963, making it about 56 years old now um, by a Queen's housewife named Jean Nidich. Now I'm getting it wrong, but 
anyway, she's passed away. She doesn't know any different than I'm getting it wrong. But uh, she had struggled with her weight and went to an obesity clinic when she was over 200 pounds, according to her obituary. She hid cookies in her hamper to eat late at night. Then the story goes, she invited several overweight friends of hers over for a commiseration session, which ended in a pact to try and lose weight together. Needich, I'm going to call her Jean, sorry. Jean lost more than 60 pounds and Weight Watchers was born. Now, just a little bit more before we go into any more of this. Funny enough, I've looked up a few more stories of how the Weight Watchers was founded and the stories vary. Okay. This is obviously a story I found kind of on um, one website, but Weight Watchers also say that basically she was 37 years old um, when she went into a supermarket in 1962 and she ran into a neighbour who complimented her on her appearance. Before Jean could thank the neighbour, the neighbour asked when she was due. Now, she wasn't pregnant. Yeah. This, by the way, is a haunting story that many women have had to face over the years where someone asks you. By the way, just going to give a little shout out to anyone don't ask someone if they're pregnant. I if don't you have to ask. Don't. Yeah, I don't even ask. Like unless the, until the person's holding the baby, I'm like, oh, you were pregnant. I just don't ask, even if and they're like 19 months pregnant. I don't go there. And let's um, face it. Let's face it. If someone's pregnant, you're they're going to tell you about it. You know, there's going to be some sort of card or text has come through to tell you yeah. that they're pregnant. <laughs> Unsatisfied with this social faux pas, um, Jean decided to go on a diet. And that's when she went to the New York Board of Health for advice. Um, After cutting out soda and eating more protein, Jean lost 20 pounds in 10 weeks. And then in order to stay motivated, she brought, you know, friends around and started kind of doing these meetings about just like exchanging stories and how to avoid food temptations. Which is quite positive Um, to get a bit of bit of community around yourself. Like it's it's quite in like entrepreneurial almost or something, you know. Absolutely. And I think it's a real game changer for Weight Watchers. They were the first to do this, which was actually to bring in a community kind of spirit and just Mm. a meeting where people go, yeah, this happens to me too. At these meetings, one person confessed to eating a donut out of a garbage can. And um, anyway, from then, Weight Watchers was born. We've We've all all been been there. there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I would also say that um, the idea of having meetings or having friends come around came to Jean also, and this is another story I read, um, because she had had a miscarriage and okay. apparently in that time, if you had a miscarriage, they used to do that where women would come together and talk about it. Oh, right. Okay. Um, which is also a very positive thing that I feel like doesn't even happen now. Yeah, weirdly. it's, it's it very happen. kind of just hush, hush and move on and try to get yeah, on with things. And yeah, it's a really nice thing. So that's where the idea of it was born. Okay. So historically, members went to weekly support meetings for lectures and weigh-in. This still exists, but there's also an app that doesn't require attending IRL meetings. Uh, Weight Watchers has always been at its core a company that requires members to log food intake. Through the years, it's employed different methods of applying value to food beyond just calories. It assigns the famous points values to food, which lots of people are familiar with, then assigns each person a points total they are allowed to consume every day. This proprietary uh, point system changes pretty drastically every few years. So it sounds they're kind of always like kind of changing the goalposts, widening Constant. the goalposts, as they say. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Constantly updating it. And by the way, when they do change the point system, there is uproar. Oh, I'd say so. Like, because, you know, yeah, people get very used to what Outrage. they're used to. And then, and also it can be very confusing to go, one minute a banana is like, 
the best thing you, you know the best thing to eat next minute it's like oh god you couldn't touch a banana because oh, that's 25,000 points it's constantly you know I mean? happening in the nutrition world you know one minute coconut oil is the best thing going next minute it's like oh no it's as bad as lard you know or yeah. like it's 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 yeah so it's probably some sort of reflection of that like you know what we thought was healthy last year is now like the worst thing you could possibly eat so this is a big thing and obviously Connor like I know you said like famously the point system a lot of people are going to know what this point system means um, but for people who don't, like essentially, instead of like counting calories or anything, um, Weight Watchers use their own point system for foods. At the moment, because uh, I have been on Weight Watchers numerous times and most recently at the start of this year. So it hasn't been a long time since I've done it. Um, fruits and vegetables, a lot of fruits and vegetables will be zero points. Say like natural yogurt will be zero points and everything like that. But then you start getting into foods and lean meats and stuff. But then you start getting into foods like, say, for a biscuit or a packet of crisps or bread or yeah. butter or, you know what I mean? Like, or an avocado. Like, this is the thing about Weight Watchers is that an avocado on one, you know, to a person, to a personal trainer is their demigod. But then in Weight Watchers, they're like an avocado. They'll strike you in the face. You know what I mean? Like that, it, it, things are always so different between different. Um, it's inconsistent and confusing, know, like. So inconsistent. And also, like, I think that's why Weight Watchers have really had to change things up now in the last few years, because now they now they've changed their name, as I said at the start of the show, to Wellness That Works. Like they've taken weight out of the name of their program because they know that it has such a bad connotation. Like they're like, oh, actually, we should probably be looking more at, um, you know, like the holistic health of people. The vagueness umbrella of wellness. You know, so it's like we're trying to say lose weight and be thin. But if we say that, we'll get, you know, given out to for being fat shaming and that sort of thing. So we'll just what's called a wellness. Wellness that works. So it's still WW, but it's wellness that works. (laughs) It's just it's kind of it's it it doesn't it doesn't flow as well as Weight Watchers, you know. No, it really, really doesn't. But listen, what as we said, like they have weekly uh, weigh ins and um it's all done by scales. This is another issue I have with Weight Watchers yeah. is unfortunately it is all done by scales. Public weighing. Yeah, public weighing and like, and listen, and they will, they won't announce what you weigh, okay. but they will announce if you've lost a certain amount. Yeah. Or if you've gained or if you've stayed the same. Um. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about the past experience I have. Obviously, Weight Watchers are trying to make a big push to changes in the last few years. Okay. Oprah is now their spokesperson. Right. Just a little fun fact, Oprah also bought 10% stake in the company. So I have a real issue with someone being the spokesperson of a company and also having a stake in that company yeah, when like, it comes to healthcare. Especially when you're not allowed um, to eat steak on the meal plan. <laughs> It's probably a bit of a conflict of interest <laughs> more than anything else. Oh no, you probably are allowed to eat steak, Gary. That's like a lean. All the money that she would have spent on eating steak, she put into buying a steak of Weight Watchers. It must be like a, a billion dollar company, would you say? Like if, if like if, if. Oh yeah, well it's as I said, it's the like biggest diet program in the world since two thousand and eighteen. So like this company is making an insane amount of money. However, they have noticed their profits declining in the last few years. Once again, this whole push towards actually not focusing on weight and focusing on the overall health of people. They actually, another bit, just to show kind of how things have changed, um, they've moved from using before and after photos. Okay. They wow. no longer use, which is a huge That's thing. massive, yeah. 
massive. And if you go on their website, I've noticed now that they'll use because before like and I have, by the way, been asked before to be the after photo in some diet places, okay, which yeah. is nuts. I was one time asked, <laughs> rang up by and we're going to talk about it another time. But I was r- once rung up by the place I was doing a, pr- a very expensive program at the time. I'd lost a significant amount of weight as, lo- as well as my period and my mind. And um, they rang me up and they're like, oh, can you be one of our after photos? At that moment, I was having I was eating chocolate like I had literally was having a binge eating session. At that second when like, they rang you. When they rang me and okay. I was like, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Y'all be your after is that, photo. Is that chocolate I hear in your mouth? <laughs> I, I cannot. Imagine they were like, before they even said another word, they were like, Grace, um, I can't help but think that you might be eating chocolate. Yes. Because while I'm, while I'm talking If that's to the case, I'm going to have to end this call immediately. <laughs> <laughs> we, we never spoke. This conversation will never be spoken of again. But yeah, even now they're, they're moving away from before and after photos, if you go on the Weight Watchers website, you'll notice now that the people that they use who are on the program are people who are kind of like, would still have, we're still like, you know, they're like, oh, I've lost a stone, but like they're like a size 14, a size yeah. 16. Do you know what I mean? They're not stereotypically super skinny, people. Su- uh, super skinny yeah. after photos. Like they're exactly, yeah. they're just like, yeah, I'm just being as healthy as I can be. Yeah. Um, they came into, now I will go into a few of my actual own stories with Weight Watchers, but <laughs> just before. They came into a big public outcry in 2013 um, because the company was planning to offer free memberships to teens as young as 13. And there was a huge op-ed in the New York Times of, you know, a public outcry where they did it. But I did a bit of research because I read this. I thought it was so interesting. I was like, actually, because when I was growing up, there was no age limit from what I can remember of you having joining Weight Watchers. Yeah, I remember children being there. Okay. Teenagers, no problem. And that is, is something that I'm incredibly angry about now. Well, absolutely. How like, you can have a teenager in a room and you talk about their eating habits and body in front of complete strangers. Um, I think I think that anyway, is now that is probably a product of the fact that like, yes, this is this big, massive company, but it's being rolled out by like kind of, you know, the local um, yeah. uh, ambassador or liaison or whatever they're called in like a community center. And it's like, you know, if a woman, uh, you know, is, 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 is going to the meeting for her, you know, weekly um, weighing or whatever, she might bring her daughter with her or whatever. And then these messages of needing to lose weight at a time when you're like a teenager and your body's changing anyway, these like messages are like being filtered down into you. And it's just promoting this like kind of, you know, fat phobic, uh, self-conscious body issues, you know. I remember very clearly being in my like school uniform, going into a Weight Watchers meeting after school and uh, the Weight Watcher leader talking about her daughter, who I was in school with and being like, yeah, I don't let her eat after school. Oh my God. She said in the room, I don't let her eat after school until it's dinner time and I don't care if she's starving. Right. And And I remember being like, you are apparently (laughs) the leader of this meeting. Which now I can already see, be seen as like, it shouldn't be Weight Watchers. It just should be like eating disorders beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was like, this is nuts. And I then, as I, I think I was 14, sat there went, I shouldn't eat then after school. That is, I that should is, only eat when it's dinner time. That's so damaging. And like, you know, yeah. I would say that if you confronted like Weight Watchers about this, which we will, we are going after these guys like <laughs> straight to City Hall. Please don't. I have Oprah on the line <laughs> ready to tell me. Please don't Why come she after is us. so happy with owning 
10% stake of this company. But she's only actually allowed to eat 10% of a steak a week. Anyway, I'll, I'll move on from that. But, but I'd say if you brought that, you know, complaint or issue, if you raise that with Weight Watchers, they would say like officially, you know, we don't support that. We're not allowed, um, you know, give that type of advice. And, you know, we, you know, uh, promote a healthy balanced diet, blah, blah, blah. But when you have these like, you know, independent agents going, right, okay, group of, of uh, Weight Weight Watchers people, here's what I do at home, right? Don't tell anyone, but yeah. if you starve your child, they won't put on weight. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. this group of people are just going like, oh, okay, I guess this is, and like, you know, it, 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 it rose to prominence in a time where there wasn't as much information available as there yeah. is now. And that's kind of a double-edged sword because there's a lot of fucking wild information out on the internet. But nowadays on the internet, you know, you can look at nutrition videos on YouTube. You can look at like personal yeah. trainer things and you can join a Facebook group of or a Reddit group or whatever of people who are trying to lose weight. But back then it was just like you might have had some books in the library, some, you know, fitness motivator person on TV. And then you had your local Weight Watchers group to... Absolutely. It's one thing I will say, like, I know you're saying there's more information out there, but actually there's more unfiltered information. The the problem we're having is this is like diet culture is literally the Wild West. (laughs) There is no rules about who gets to apparently own Instagram accounts, giving thousands or millions of people nutritional advice when they don't have any from what I can tell, qualifications. And it brought up a big question for me. I, I it was so funny, Connor, I got so angry thinking about it, yeah. like the last few days when I was researching it, thinking, oh my God, I cannot believe that you let unqualified people lead a group. And by the way, like from what I can tell, the only qualification you might need from Weight Watchers, you might do a training program with them. Fair enough. I don't know what that training program entails. You know what I mean? Like what, what do they tell them to do? Another thing is these people... Uh, the leaders have lost weight themselves. That's great. But what background do they have? Do they have any eating disorders themselves? Had they have, they've obviously had food issues. So you have the blind leading the blind. Absolutely. And to me, I'm like, I cannot believe it's illegal. It's legal for a person to stand up and give nutritional advice to paying people when you're like, oh, and actually, did you go to college and get a degree in nutrition are the HSB backing this? Like I, you know what I mean? Like it, to me, it's, it is just a bit nuts. I'm going off topic here, but that's just a little rant I wanted to have. Anyway, just to cover ourselves before we go any further, the guidelines, which I found on the Weight Watchers website are that um, for anyone under the age of 18 who wants to join Weight Watchers, if you are at least 13 years old with a BMI greater than or equal to 90, the 95th percentile, um, you can't, can only come to Weight Watchers with your parent or guardian and they have to provide a note from your doctor that gives you permission to join Weight Watchers. Now, I think if you are under the 95th percentile for your BMI with 13 years old, I think that means that you don't need to have a doctor's note, but you might need still a parent or guardian. I don't obviously know how strict that is, but that's what they're saying. I read very recently that they brought out an app for targeted for kids and teenagers. The Weight Watchers? Weight Watchers, yeah. Wow, and how, I did not read that now. How it labels certain foods, you know, as green, yellow and red. Yeah. You know, and to, 
to basically like indoctrinate kids. I mean, it's, it is, I have to believe it's coming from a place of like, we're trying to make people healthier and there's an mm-hmm. epidemic of obesity and all that stuff. It's coming from a place of like trying to help people, but like by instilling that kind of like obsessiveness about food in young people, children from young age, you are just yeah. setting them up for a life of pain. And I am speaking from experience. I, I didn't have an app, mm-hmm. but I had situations you know that have left scars you know <laughs> yeah we're doing this podcast for a reason yeah. folks we're both scarred <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know? um no but I, I completely agree like why do you need to target someone that young and my issue with this is this is a diet program that is no way linked to our public health care system yeah is the as I said, is the Wild West is a private company that is, by the way, I'll, as much as I'm like, yeah, I'm sure there are people in there. I love Oprah. I'm sure she oh, wants the doesn't? best for me and a lot of people in the world. But this is a company that makes profits. You know what I mean? They're like the only reason they're starting to push towards wellness is because they've got a huge backlash because of it. So like I am like I first and foremost like, yeah, you're here to make money. And um, one other thing I have a huge issue with is the fact that they still do just just weigh ins. So like, I remember even as like, geez, just in January. So I, you know, was going, going to Weight Watchers every week. And a big thing for women that men beautifully don't have to deal with is uh, the period. Sure. So a week before your period. I was ready to be like, hang on a second, men have, oh, it's a period. Okay. (laughs) Not all men. Damn, you Um, you got me. You got me there. (laughs) You know. The week before your period, you're statistically about four to eight pounds heavier. And that's just water weight and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I remember there was like three weeks or four weeks in a row where I was like sticking, you know, sticking to the plan. And like, you know, like I was ferocious and I, you know, blah, blah. And I wasn't losing any weight. Now, once again, I was exercising a lot. So chances are I was building muscle, but they do not take that into account when you're. It's just a pure uh, pound or stone figure. What is it? Do they do KG or stone or what do they do? Stone. Okay, sure. So they, I stand on the scale and every single week everyone was like, it it must be your period. And I was like, listen, love, I haven't been on a period for two months now. Do you know, like two months straight. Like I'm not like, you know, just like a woman bleeding all over Dublin. I (laughs) I get it once a week. I can't blame it every single week. And I think the fact that it was like, I actually, she was a lovely leader, by the way. I'm not blaming her. But I was like, there's a little lack of knowledge here. Like I was like, you kind of keep going back to this one reason. She's just working purely from like anecdotal experience. It's not a doctor going, well, what's happening with your body at the moment? Where are you in your cycle? You know, and did you say this was during the time where you had lost your period or is this a a different time? No, no. Like this is just this year. Like I, I, you know what I mean? I was like, but I'm not having a two month period. Do you know what I mean? I'm not having a consistent. But I, I, my thing was like, God, so there's no other reason that you can think of. And actually a big reason is I'd already lost a stone. I was probably just plateauing. Totally. And actually a lot of weight loss gurus don't even like to ever bring that up and go, actually, you might just be at a weight now that your body needs to just be at and it's comfortable at. And why don't you just work with this for a while and just be healthy and eat normally but no, she was just like, oh, well, maybe you could, you know, not use your fit points, which are, by the way, points you build up from doing oh exercise. My God. That you can oh, my God. Oh, my God. So that's like, points. so that's like if you if you do well on the points, I'm guessing this now because I hadn't heard that before. But so if you yeah. do well 
on your points throughout the week, you do, you know, you have, you build up fit points, which means that yeah. you can say, oh, well, now I don't have to go for a walk because I didn't eat a cake or whatever. That kind of. So here's how thinking. it works, right? Just because I, I know what you're getting. Yeah. It's kind of a bit like that. Okay. But there's one or two differences there. So basically how it works, Weight Watchers works, is you get daily points. So I was getting 23 daily points. Sure. Okay. And then you have weekly points, which are separate. So I got 42 weekly points. So what that means is I could eat my 23 points in a day and then still have my 42 points, which I could use at the weekend if I wanted a bottle of wine or, you know, a takeaway, whatever it is. Okay. But you could also carry over points. Okay. So if I have 23 points, but I only ate 19 points, I can carry the four points over and then I could add that to my weeklies and make my weekend an even bigger extravaganza. On top of that, if I did a bunch of exercise, I can build up some fit points and also add that on I'm, to my weekend. I'm right? currently standing next to a whiteboard, taking all of this down frantically. <laughs> Basically, I'm not going to like it's like a, drawing back it's and like forth a, to each other. <laughs> like. It's, it's like a beautiful mind. Yeah. Basically, when I go into a kitchen, my basically just points go in front of my face <laughs> yeah. as I try to figure out what I don't everything see is. Food. I see points. I see points. Yeah, Connor. I don't see I don't see a fish. I don't see a tuna. I see three points of butter three. on my tuna. I see three is what I see. And I will eat three. <laughs> what are you having for lunch today? Four. <laughs> Grace, what what did you have for dinner last night? It was a beautiful dinner of nine. Oh, Every point of it, I lapped it up. But um, dietitians and doctors have said that the, although Weight Watchers can be quite realistic, they did say, you know, a pro of it, it can be realistic. It does sort of harbour um, binging tendencies. It promotes Because that. as I said, you can save those points, not yes. eat them, yeah. bring them to the weekend. And then it's a the weekend is a bit of like you're you're saving yourself all week to get to the weekend to be like right now I can have some really nice stuff and you can then like bring points over. So it's very much a system that really does go like, yeah, you could use it during the day, but if you save it, you could have like a cracking weekend. And that's exactly how I would be. I have binging tendencies. So I would tend to stock everything up for the winter, get to the weekend and then have a bit of a blowout. I, I can totally, um, I can totally relate to that. And I think people who devise diets that in, uh, include some sort of cheat day or some sort of like, yeah. you know, don't eat it during the week and then the weekend splash out or, or treat yourself or whatever. The people who devise those diets don't understand what it's like to be an emotional eater, to to have binge eating tendencies, because like you say, they're, they're harboring that they're, they're, they're basically fostering this uh, behavior that is just going to throw you off the deep end because then you maybe the first week you go oh yeah okay I ate my salad during the week and then the weekend I'll have a glass of wine or pizza and the second week it's like on Monday morning you're like oh god I can't wait till Saturday to have that thing you know yeah. so, and then that's just you be, you start to obsess about food again and you're back in the cycle the cycle of the Monday to Friday starvation yeah to get to Saturday <sighs> Sunday is a huge thing. And I think a lot of people listening to this, and hopefully there are a lot of people listening to this, um, will know that you get to Monday and Mondays then become, you know, the fear on a Sunday night. That's when you start to go, oh, do you know, I better push it and I better yeah. eat everything tonight because tomorrow is going to be awful. Yeah. Yeah. Because now I have to face five days of like of living 
just kind of like, oh, hope, can't wait to just get to the weekend again. And you're wishing your life away. You're wishing your week away. And that's probably one of the reasons why uh, Christy Harrison in the anti-diet book calls diet culture the life thief, you know, because yeah. it just sucks up all of your time and life because it's it's you're thinking about it all the time. But then if you're yeah. like going through your week going, OK, just get to Saturday, get to Saturday. It's like, yeah. where's your time going? You're not living in the moment. You're not enjoying yourself. Like, kind of the amount of times I've gone to bed early. Oh, stop. Because yeah. I'm like, I cannot wait because I get to get up and yeah. have my breakfast. I, I like that's so sad. That. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And I and so, totally can I just say, that. Sorry, I just want to say a few anecdotes, right, from my time. Yes, please. Of being a Weight Watchers. I will also say this. There are a lot of, well, not, see, my issue with Weight Watchers as well, right, that this dietitian, there's actually, I find it very hard to find stats I asked this question on Twitter okay. about how many times people have rejoined Weight Watchers. Right. Yeah. Because this is my big issue. Weight Watchers will claim, oh, we've had millions of stones lost. And I'm like, okay, but how many regained? Oh, God. Billions. How many long-term losses do you have? Apparently, they have a success rate of 11%. No, I don't know about 11%. you, but for the world's biggest weight loss program to have an 11% success rate is not great in my eyes. And I have rejoined Weight Watchers, I think. Now, this is me doing a be- as best calculation as I can from the first time I joined when I was about, I think, 14, 15, eight times. Okay. Okay. To join Weight Watchers is 20 euro, right? So then it's a tenner a week. So to rejoin was 20 euro every time. And then I'd be doing it for weeks on end. So like I've definitely spent in the hundreds, if not more than a thousand or so on Weight Watchers over the years. For, right. a, for anyone I know who's done Weight Watchers over the years, it is like that kind of thing that it's just part of your life. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I must go. I must get back to the gym. I must get back to Weight Watchers. And that was the one thing I wanted to ask you about was the money side of it. Like, is there an element of paying if you don't lose weight? No, there's okay. not that. But if you do get to your goal weight, you get a gold card and then you don't have to pay. That's okay. Yeah, I right. knew there was something. But if you then, I think, regain, I think it's something like five pounds over your goal weight, then you're back to that's, paying. That's again. what I was I was picking up on from someone I know who has gone to Weight Watchers in the past. And they would often be like, oh, if, if I don't, if you know, if I miss it or if I put on the weight or whatever, I have to pay yeah. again. And I just think that's, you know, they probably use that as an incentive. It's coming from, again, a place of like, you know, incentivize you to like keep the weight off. But it just becomes this like fear cycle of like, oh, no, I'm going to be absolutely. publicly shamed and embarrassed and then have to fucking pay for that privilege. Like Absolutely. And can I just say this, right? So I also don't know how monitored their leaders are. I have had some Weight Watchers leaders over the years. Lovely, lovely people. OK, won't say a bad word against them. I will say once again, I don't know how qualified they are yeah. to lead a group of people who I would imagine a lot of people have either disordered eating, eating disorders or very complicated issues with food Vulnerable people. in one room, right? I don't think even the most qualified psychologist could handle a, p- a group of 30 doing that. Anyway. <laughs> Good point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I have some anecdotes that I kind of was remembering over the years that I was like, I actually can't believe I know. that happened. Don't you get so worked up when you think about it as well? You're just like, oh, I can't believe oh, it. Oh, stop, stop. So I was like, I remember... This one Weight Watchers leader, she was the most judgmental person I've ever <laughs> met. Like, I was like, what is your problem? She, I think, had some definite internalized fat phobia. This woman was not, did not like 
bigger people or like okay. more fat people. Oh so she had lost a lot of weight herself. Yeah. But she was like, I remember this, right? Like I remember being in a room of like, uh, and a lot of these women were so much older than me. They were like kids, they had families, they worked, they had families at home. They did most of the cooking, they did most of the cleaning. And on top of that, they're like trying to do Weight Watchers and wait, make their own meals and yet make separate meals for their kids who aren't on Weight Watchers, right? And I remember her being like one day going, okay, ladies, I think we need to talk about something serious here. Skim milk. Oh my God. I think there's a lot of women here putting skim milk into their tea and not pointing it. Like, <laughs> there's no like- points on their, on their cards for that skim milk in your tea. And if you think that over the week that skim milk isn't adding up to some points while you're fooling yourselves... Like I It's like the military (laughs) Like it's skim milk It's essentially coloured water Like what are you talking about And like these poor women who are like You know like Shattered Yeah. And they're just like okay sorry Being shamed Use a point for the crap amount of water That I'm like coloured water I'm putting into my tea And then I remember one time I mentioned that I used Ribena In my water sometimes well, I might as well have said that I shot her mother. That woman went out on one and she oh was like, God. she was like, how much, Rabina? Like, how much are we talking here? And I was like, oh, just like I put a little bit in. And she's like, well, is it a dark colour when you're drinking it? And I was like, well, I, I suppose it's, I, she was like, what colour is it? <laughs> I was like, oh, sweet it's like a light purple. <laughs> and she was like, now, are you being honest with yourself? Is it light purple or is it dark purple? I couldn't, like, I like, and I was read. like, I think 17. Like, I was sitting there, I was like, um, uh, I don't know. And then another time, there was a woman in front of me, a very much larger bodied woman. She was on the scales and she started crying. Yeah. When your woman was talking to her. Yeah. She started crying on the scales. And I'd stand behind her and pretend I wasn't hearing this. And I was just like, oh, God, I hope my way in is better. Now, this like woman should not have been leading a meeting. It's like going to then confession one- or like getting given oh, out stop. to buy a principal or something. And like with that giving out to you in fr- about the Ribena, for example, is that just as you're standing on the scales to you or is that to the group? No, no. So the, the milk thing was to the group. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously one or two women had stupidly mentioned when they were on the scales yeah. about skim milk and this pissed her off to no end. And then... I, thank God, went up to her after yeah. the meeting and just mentioned the Ribena because I was like, oh, maybe I should be pointing it. You know, like I'd have one like a day and I put a little bit in. And even now I'm making excuses. It's okay to put a bit of fucking How Ribena into water. How dare you put Ribena into water, like, Chris? Jesus, it's not like I'm doing shots of Ribena every night. You know what I mean? But anyway, then um, this one guy, the poor Phil, so I wanted to also talk very quickly, Connor, after this about men's classes and Weight Watchers because okay. that's a huge thing. But there was this one time that a man was in the class. Now, this is very rare that a man would ever be in a Weight Watchers class. Um, but this man was in uh, our class and his wife, they're both doing it. And uh, he mentioned that he ate real butter. <laughs> right. Now, Which some real nutritionists butter, like, would tell you, oh, lash it in your coffee. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Like you know, now you have personal trainers like I don't know bathing in real yeah, butter do you know what totally. I mean but like he mentioned he liked real butter and your one was like what and then like in front of everyone what and he went like yeah like like she goes but you know there's low fat butter 
And he went, yeah, I just, I prefer real butter. So in the morning, I just have real butter on my toast. And she was like, but that's so many more points. And he was like, yeah, well, I, I, I just point it and take the hit. And she shook her head. And she's like, I just, I just can't believe that you would choose to spend those points on real butter. Like, the I'm- man looked like he was about to be swallowed up into his chair. And he was like... Yeah, like, I just love real butter. She couldn't get over it. She could not get over it. It's like he said that he ate dog. Like, you know, she couldn't yeah. get over that a I, person would admit this. I'm picturing Annie Wilkes uh, from Misery, you know. <laughs> like, just like, Kathy Bates just, like, shouting in your face. Like, that Yeah, well, then do- she did grab a sledgehammer and she she uh, started beating the shit out of his legs. Like, that's what, you know what I mean? Like, the man couldn't walk and out. stop him walking to the fridge anyway, you know, serves him right. <laughs> That's all she cared about. So this just <laughs> she actually smashed she smashed up my the hand that would pour the ribena into the water. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> At least you weren't drinking the ribena straight, like you know, just just like just, without diluting it, because that that's too far. That's too far. But you know, you know when you're just like, I look back and I'm like, you are really telling me that the huge issues with weight and. And weight loss are to do with a bit of skim milk or the fact yeah. that someone puts Ribena in their water. And, and I'm just, it, I just want to make a very quick armchair diagnosis for this uh, person. Um, let's call her Annie. Um, it, it sounds like you said, internalized fat phobia. It sounds like, yeah. and she had lost a lot of weight herself. It sounds like she grew yeah. up and somebody in her life or whether it was society or, you know, the, the, society's like perception of women or just an actual person in her life gave her a terrible time about her weight and what she ate and then she lost the weight and then passed on that gift to hundreds of women and men by the sound of it um and just transferred all of that shame and negativity and that's the that's the ambassador that's the leader like again with no training or dietitian status or anything like that so and no supervision yeah. Like I'm like this, the, you know, who who's answerable to this? You know, who is she answerable to? Like, you know, to be allowed to give out such advice. Like if we're going to talk about, you know, if people are going to start talking about obesity being one of the big healthcare issues, which personally speaking, I don't actually agree with considering when you look at statistics and stuff like that about the way we market these things. But if 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 that's what the government wants to do or the healthcare system then why are you allowing this to happen? Like, why would you allow these companies to profit so much off people yet not in any way have to be in any way answerable for their programs or have to also, I'm like, where are your statistics? Where are your statistics of people having long-term success in your program? You know what I mean? Or like you doing follow-up care or anything because you're making a ton of money off it and I feel like you could really invest in it. Do you want to lose weight? Yes. Do you want to do it under the supervision of a vaguely qualified stranger? Well, what qualification? Do you like public judgment? No. Then try Slimming Watch. We're like Neighbourhood Watch, except instead of keeping an eye on you to make sure you're safe and happy, we'll be keeping an eye on every single thing you eat to ensure you aren't fat and happy. With this amazing program, you can be under constant surveillance by strangers who will judge your every dietary decision with no knowledge of your healthcare history. How could this get any better, you ask? It's also expensive. 
Join today and you will get nothing free but the knowledge that you don't deserve anything better than this. Slumming Watch, because you can do no better. One other thing I wanted to mention was a huge thing back in the day was um, men's classes for Weight Watchers. And I don't know if it's the same now, okay. but there used to be a huge emphasis on men's classes because men would find it so difficult to be in a room full of women. And I think... Well, well, uh, just just to jump in on that, one of the things I, from my perception of it growing up as a man was um, that Weight Watchers was something for women. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like a thing that like, you know, like you say, like... like uh, alcoholics anonymous for mo- for moms like you know like yeah, it felt yeah, like yeah. oh that's something we're go. and then you'd hear oh no but men could go to too you'd be like oh okay you know and like of course yeah. being like overweight you would kind of like you know um toy with the idea of going or like you know entertain the idea of going but i ha- i kind of have reasons for why i didn't go but i can talk about that yeah. in a bit but um well no that that's what i was talking about there was a weight there was a men's class I, the, the another leader we had was a man and it was actually really nice to have a man as a leader he was a really lovely guy and a really great um, Weight Watcher leader. He had a men's class that was like packed and wow. it was after our class. And obviously okay. it was because men felt so much more comfortable being able to talk about weight issues with a man okay. and other men. Like I was like, God, like it must be so difficult to be a man walking into this room full of crying women being bullied by a woman who's a psychopath about Rabina. But for, to go into a man and be able to go, okay, actually, we're all able to discuss this. I just feel like weight issues with men or weight loss with men wasn't really ever discussed. And now actually, and it's something we'll, um, we can bring up with the amount of um, spokespeople that Weight Watchers have had. They're recruiting a lot more they men. Are. I've, I've noticed that. So it's that. like they're really targeting the guys. Yeah. One of those being Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Who? Our good elk friend kevin smith who uh very interestingly almost or had had a basically a massive heart attack in his late 40s uh only about two two or three years ago and he almost died and his doctor uh put him on a nutritarian diet um but in order to get into that nutritarian diet do you know what he did oh the potato diet he did two weeks potatoes only (laughs) and he read only he read pendulette's book and in fairness to him you know he looks incredible he very closely escaped death like you know that the the particular heart attack that he had i think it's called a widow maker you know and men men in their 40s are highly susceptible to it for some reason there's it's just this window of your your age span that if you're in your 30s or 50s you're probably okay but once you you're in your 40s you need to just get out of the 40s and then you'll be uh you'll, you'll avoid this heart attack but like yeah so he's one of their weight, weight, uh, weight yeah. watch weight watchers ambassadors at the moment um i love kevin smith which know. is very interesting because remember we talked about this and i'm gonna mention the other ones now but Weight, like celebrities who people will always, for some reason, hold up to such a high standard when it comes to weight loss and like what to eat and blah, blah, change their diets like the wind. I mentioned this in our last episode, but I just want to say this. A lot of people who you read or are doing this or the ambassadors for Weight Watchers were doing other, you know, diets not so long ago. So the fact that Kevin, I I was so surprised that Kevin Smith was on this list because I was like, I knew he had done the potato diet and actually he's a strict vegan. Yes, he is. So I was very surprised to see that he was a Weight Watchers spokesperson. But other famous ones, obviously we've talked about Oprah Winfrey. 
She's now kind of the face. She's done a big wellness that works tour in the States before COVID hit. Um, Kate Hudson, which was very unusual because um, Kate Hudson's a very slender. Not someone like, you'd associate woman. Like I never. Yeah. But I think that's why they're going to the wellness that works thing. Yeah. They're just trying to like, it's not just about weight. Um, Jennifer Hudson very famously lost a lot of weight Kevin Smith DJ Khaled oh yeah um, Jessica Simpson Jenny McCarthy um, who also doesn't believe in vaccinations yeah Robbie Williams Robbie Williams no Robbie Robbie You're perfect Williams. just the way you are my friend <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Williams we don't want what? you to change a goddamn what thing what is going on there Lynn Redgrave back in the day was okay. like one of the first like that right. Oscar winning actress yeah but one of my favourites was um Charles Barkley was also a Weight Watchers spokesperson. So the fa- the basketball, basketball player. Basketball player, yeah. Yeah. So one of, this is, this I just read this, I thought it was so funny. One of the many celebrity endorsers, um, Charles Barkley, also known as the Round Mound of Rebound, <laughs> became a spokesperson in 2011. He was announcing an NBA game in t- January 2012 and not realising his mic was still live. He declared <laughs> that his deal with Weight Watchers was a scam. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I love that. Weight Watchers later said in a statement, love Charles, he's unfiltered. He and was like, apparently yeah. referring referring to getting paid to lose weight. Yeah. Not the program. Yeah, not the program itself. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, yeah. Love Charles, he's unfiltered. Huh. Oh, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charles, we'll give you your money to stop yeah. talking. <laughs> also, you'll never work in this town again, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> the round um, mound of rebound. I, rebound, I, I, I want that, that to be my nickname, except not as offensive. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Actually, one other thing I wanted to very quickly. So Duke National University of Singapore did a little number crunching in 2014 and discovered that with an average of 377 in annual membership fees, that's dollars, and roughly five pounds lost per year. Oh. So that's an all, overall loss. Okay. Weight Watchers cost members about $75 for every disappearing pound. Oh my goodness. That's shocking. But it's still much cheaper than other alternatives like Jenny Craig, um, which we don't really have over here, but they do in the States, True. where it costs about $2,500 per year. Can we touch briefly on, very briefly on Weight Watchers products? Because that is definitely something I'm familiar <sighs> with. Yeah. Okay. You mean they're bars of dust? Oh, yeah. well, let me tell you, right? So I, I, now I haven't had a Weight Watchers product in God knows, God knows how long, because I suppose nowadays there's a lot more variety in like, you know, you go to a health store and there's like different types of chocolate yeah. and crisps and blah, 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 vegetable crisps and all, all stuff. But back then, you know, there was Weight Watchers and this was around the time of like things like Slim Fast and things like that. But I remember when we had some Weight Watchers, you know, confectionery type treats in the house and they were, you know, obviously said to be low calorie. And the ones in particular that I remember, and I don't know if you remember, I think they had like a green packaging and they were like these um, mallows, you know, like. Um, you know, oh, like, my God. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah. Like like those yeah. uh, Jacob's like elite mallows with the marshmallow and the chocolate and yeah. the biscuit. And they and they, they they had like a little dotted jam in them. I remember they were we had them in the house and whatever science magic they had done to these things to make them low in calorie whatever that was a side effect was they were shockingly addictive like they were yeah. like you would eat one and you'd be like hmm i just ate a mallow okay better go about my day now and like you'd be halfway at the kitchen and you'd be like 
oh, let me just turn back around and have another one of these mallows. Okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah, just, oh, yeah, that's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, the John, the mallow, yeah. Go back in, watch TV, and he'd just be like jonesing in like seconds. Yeah. You'd be itching and like just in a cold sweat, like, I need another one of those fucking mallows. They were like they, crack to me as a insane. child. They're insane. And by the way, those packets of bars, they get like five of them in a pack, right? One, they're the size of your little finger, right? Each portion size is the size of your little finger, right? <laughs> They are five seventy five per packet, five euro seventy five oh, per packet. Jesus, yeah, something like that. Like, and then it's like they're crisps, which, by the way, you open them up. I don't know the crisps. I can't even describe how small the packets of crisps are, but I feel like you open it up and you get one real crisp, and then the rest is dust. Yeah, and you've paid like two quid for the for the privilege. You know what I mean? That sort of stuff as well. Like the Weight Watchers products, which, by the way, like if you go into like Little or Aldi now, I'm not pushing. They're all crap. Like yeah. they're all dust, by the way. But they're cheaper. You know what I mean? Like okay. I was like, the, you go into the Weight Watchers meeting. These things are insane. Oh, do they sell them expensive. at the meetings? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. Oh yeah. Like so, you go and you pay. You pay like at the the table or whatever, right? And by the way, if you miss a week and you you haven't, you get two weeks holiday, two weeks holiday out of flipping year, that you can miss a week. If you miss a week, you have to pay half. Of last week as well. It's such a money racket. It's it's really And shocking. then you're there and and you see women and men buying like five packets of these things, yeah. which you're like, okay, that's what, 25 quid, 30 quid on top of the tenner you're after paying. And yeah. Is the leader the leader is the leader getting a cut out of that by any chance? Like the leader is good. The leader is great. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so the leaders get paid. So the leaders like obviously they pay for their franchise. Mm. And then they rent the room that they're in. Because if they got so, commission on those mallows, they would be like rolling oh, in it. They'd be like a dealer, <laughs> you know, they just be like. Connor, is this just an, you wanting to see if those mallows still exist <laughs> and I, where you can get them? I, I don't think I've fully recovered from that addiction. And part of me thinks that, you know, in a lot of diet products, and we'll probably do another episode on it at some stage, but they use like aspartame, which is like, you know, an artificial sweetener oh. that's said to be bad for you. But I think. And I think this might just be my opinion, so don't quote me on this, but I think that stuff is crazy addictive because they used to put it in um, Pepsi Max and I used to have a sincere Pepsi Max addiction when I was like in my like early 20s or whatever, from like the age of like 15 to the age of like 23, I was like drinking like a litre of Pepsi Max every day. What? And, and yeah. Not a litre, well, an actual litre. You know those bottles that are like 50% extra free? They're yeah, like, so. that's how they fucking get you. Yeah. I tell you. Pepsi Max are good. They, you know, as well, they have the bigger cans, which are only a euro. Yes. But they're like the really oh, tall cans. Totally. By the way, Connor, I'm just going to tell you right now, I have a pet, I have a can of Pepsi Max every day. Are you serious? I, yeah. Grace, I was hooked and not in a, you know, not in a very debilitating, like, you know, on the street <laughs> corner, like selling myself for Pepsi Max. But it was something that I was like, Huh. I, AA for Pepsi Max drinkers, yeah. you know. If I if I tried to stop this, I probably couldn't. <laughs> you know, like maybe that's something I need to to address. Uh, so I did address it and I actually got myself out of it if I could bottle the way I like, you know, uh cured myself of that addiction and sell it, I'd be as rich as Oprah. But um but I think I think it had the same stuff in it that those like Weight Watchers things, because if Weight Watchers are taking all the sugar, you know, out of their products to make them like lower in calorie, they're adding yeah. something in to make it still yeah. sweet. And I think that's what makes you so addicted. And, you know, again, this was like in the 90s when I was like enjoying those sweet, sweet mallows. Um, so <laughs> things have probably changed a lot since then. But like, we hope it was unnatural. Um, it was unnatural what was going on there. 
So now for our diet news of the week. Um, this one was an interesting one. It really caught my eye, okay? So um, <laughs> I don't know, Connor, if you follow TikTok much, okay? But um, I haven't one of the- gotten into it yet. I've seen people do ha- the Carol Baskin dance and that's fantastic. <laughs> I... I don't have an account or anything like that, but I do enjoy the videos when they come up on BuzzFeed sure. or whatever. I feel like BuzzFeed now is like for older people. It's how they give me TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm like, I can only understand something if it's on a BuzzFeed list. I'm like, what's this? And I yeah. play. But um, yeah, so one of the big stars of uh, TikTok is Charlie De Amelio. I'm definitely butchering that. Sorry, sure. Charlie. But she's a 16 year old um, who shot to social media fame in the last year. And is now the most followed star on TikTok with more than 80 million followers. Whoa. Insane. That's more than uh, Steve Miller of uh, Fat Gnosis, who's got 1900 <laughs> Instagram followers. Shout out to it, Steve who, Miller Fat Gnosis. You all should remember from our last episode. Um, he's going to love us. Um, in April, Charlie was forced to delete a photo of herself wearing a bikini from Instagram after being shamed by trolls who said her body was not a woman's body. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's not your place to tell me if I'm losing weight or gaining weight, Charlie tweeted in response. Why don't we all just be respectful and understand that we should be kind and uplift everyone instead of trying to bring others down? Charlie went on to say the most hurtful comments are the ones she receives about her body because as a dancer, it's something she's had to deal with her whole life. Now, this is what I found because, listen, online shaming of someone who, by the way, this girl is an incredibly fit dancer. So obviously she's a very lean and muscular yeah. type person. So that's what she's getting. And she's also sick. Shamed for is because, yeah, because it's not a woman's, but whatever. Anyway, but this is the part that actually kind of really caught my eye because unfortunately the shaming is not something that is, is too surprising. Growing up as a dancer, if you don't look the part and you're too tall, too skinny, too short, too fat, too muscular, that was my problem. I was too muscular. So I wasn't a ballerina, she explained. I couldn't be because that's what people would tell me and I believed it. So hearing it from hundreds of people online, it hurts. Now, I know Charlie probably isn't listening to the show. Charlie, you're an absolutely beautiful girl inside and out. Please try not to read any reports from very unhappy people on the internet. And Charlie, if you are listening to the show, share it with your 80 million followers. (laughs) We're we're totally supporting you. Do us a favour. We're supporting you. (laughs) But... The reason why this caught my attention was the fact that she was told she couldn't be a ballerina, right? Because yes. she oh. was too muscular. It really upsets me when people say to other people, you can't be that because of the way your body looks. I remember reading a story a few years ago, so I did the research on it and it, I re- had remembered correctly. There is a ballet, there is a um, kind of ballet troupe in Russia known as the Eugene Panilov Ballet of the Fat. Um so they are a theatre in Russia. They've existed since 1994 and they are all ballerinas who are fat women. Fantastic. Now, these women could be like 14 stone or more. Like, you know, and I'm not saying like, by the way, I don't mean to, I don't like mentioning actual weights yeah, or anything. It's just more for in ballery, in the ballerina in world. In the typical standard, yeah. like the, the typical that ballerina is, would be a That lot. is big. Yeah. Um, and they are looking for... Um, ballerinas, they require, they're looking for new ballerinas, the required weight being 90 kilos. These girls are doing every single type of ballet, Swan Lake, everything. And they are so, like, you should see them. And you know, when you're, what really got me and kind of what made me upset was that I do, I, like Charlie was saying, if someone tells you you can't do something because you're a certain weight or your body's a certain size, you will believe them, particularly if you're young. These women are up on their tippy toes 
looking as elegant as any, now by the way, I've never seen a ballet, but like as any other ballerina or as in black swan as I've seen. Okay. But it really got to me that she even said, oh, I was told I was too muscular to be a ballerina. Like, will you ever stop? Like, and also then I looked up by putting in, by the way, I just Googled fat ballerina. Okay. <laughs> right. Because I was that's like, fun that's what I was just trying to, I was trying to find the, the original story. Then it came across the story of a very famous ballerina in Russia who was fired for being too fat. Oh, God. And by the way, like the woman what, what was, was she like? And for being too overweight. tall. Oh, she, I, she wasn't overweight at all. That's what I'm Basically, saying. Like, was she like one pound over what they accept? Like, you know. I think she was, they said she was too tall. She was five foot six. Okay. But I think they wanted to fire her because, um, oh yeah, she weighed 109 pounds. That's and she was five foot yeah. six. Okay, and they said she was she was too fat that she was too heavy to lift. Now I think the actual theater just wanted to get rid of her for some reason. There was some sort of argument. She was twenty seven, and I think she was kind of becoming famous outside of the theater, and they just wanted rid of her. The other ballerinas were like, "Yeah, there's no problem with us lifting her or moving around or anything." She was just fired for that reason, and they kept giving reports that she was six foot to sort of make it, and she was like, "I'm five six. Well. So, one of the things I would say about the Charlene D'Amelio situation, like when it comes to the internet, it's so fickle because, you know, on one hand, they are, they're saying, uh, oh, uh, her body was a problem because she was too muscular. So she wasn't a ballerina. But if she was, you know, if she had the physique of a ballerina, people would say, oh, you're not muscular enough to be a dancer. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't like. But that's what, and I think, you know, even there's been ballerinas now who have come out and said like, yeah, I was a bit heavier than a normal ballerina, but actually I was able to dance just as well. I'd be yeah. a better dancer than the skinnier ones. It's just, they didn't like the look of me. And I think that's a huge thing where actually we are all so like, so it's so ingrained in our head of the way we think a certain athlete or dancer should look. That when someone else comes around and they're just as talented and just as skilled, we go, oh, yeah, but if you could just actually change your body to yeah. make it look the way we think it should, actually, instead of just accepting you as you are. So, Connor, this is where we hear from some of our listeners or people who follow us on Twitter. Um, I love hearing from our listeners. I- I love hearing from our listeners also. No, I was just got a message from a listener. Um, I had asked um, this week how many times people would have rejoined Weight Watchers or some sort of diet program. I just wanted to see kind of gauge because you can't get the numbers online. Um, one of our listeners got back to us and she said, and this isn't even about Weight Watchers, but just another weight loss kind of like program. So just in response to your last tweet, um, I don't know if this is helpful, but my mom joined Jenny Craig, which is the thing to do in the, is like kind of the Weight Watchers yeah. of the US. Countless times when I was a kid, it was cyclical. She'd be okay and then stop and then become unhappy and start again. I think it was more related to her life than her actual weight. But my mom has always been on some sort of diet or another. I'd say she, I'd say the number of times she rejoined was eight to 10 times. So it's the fact that even like, you're remembering your mum as a kid going yeah. through these awful times and just rejoining something again and again. And Jenny Craig is not a cheap weight loss program. 
By the way, as I said, it's more expensive than Weight Watchers. So I just want to thank um, our listeners for coming in for that, because obviously that can be a kind of tough thing to say. You know what I mean? That's what a big memory you have of your mum growing up and it's quite upsetting. So thank you so much for letting us know. Absolutely. And it's definitely a memory that I can relate to as well. And I'm sure a lot of people can, because it is just such a, a household thing, you know, that everyone is has in their life. So, yeah, thanks so much for sharing with us. Um, but that's it for our show this week. Obviously, Weight Watchers is something that we could continue to talk about and possibly do another future episode on. There's so much information out there. We might get Connor to do a class just so he can have I'd, some I'd experience. I'd totally be up for that. <laughs> I'll find that leader who really hates real butter, oh Ribena God. and Actually, skim I don't milk. Actually, I don't know if I'd be able for that. I'm too sensitive. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Fad Camp with myself, Grace Mulvey. And me, Connor Dowling. And a special thanks to our producer, Darren Lee. Thanks, Darren, for putting this show together and making us sound good. And if you want to listen to Fad Camp, you can find us on all the places you find podcasts. So make sure to like, share and subscribe and share it with anyone who you think might be into the show. 